This is Star Talk. Hey, this is Star Talk All Stars. I'm Natalia Reagan, your host for today. I'm a primatologist, comedian, and co-founder of Boaz Network, an anthropology nonprofit. And I am joined by the hilarious comedic host Sarah Siskind. Hi, Sarah. Hey there, Natalia. <laughs> and uh, I am also a comedian, and therefore also the founder of a nonprofit, my own comedy career. Oh, fantastic! I, I, I bet that's going great. <laughs> here you are on yeah, Star Talk. Yeah. That uh, that's Nothing a, else to do on this Saturday morning, <laughs> right? Exactly. Well, uh, we want to talk about something that's been very popular in the news lately: Neanderthals. Uh, they are one of our closest relatives, or ancient relatives, and uh, everything from their DNA to their sex lives, their diet has been talked about recently. So now we want to cover it. And first and foremost, I just want to say it is with a hard T. Neanderthals. Yes, that is the mature way uh, to it's pronounce very mature. it. Mature. Yeah. It's very European. No more of this charade of no. calling it Neanderthal. No, no. No, it's got to be Neanderthal. Exactly. And said with a pinky extended. Oh, mm, Neanderthal. <laughs> Thank you very much. Do you know why it's called Neanderthal? Uh, they were found in the Neander Valley in Europe, and they mm-hmm. actually pronounce it with a hard T. Like, if my name was Natalie, well, my name is Natalia, but if it was called oh, it's with not a Nathalia? TH. It's not Nathalia. Mm-hmm. Okay, I was But they, TH it. is a hard T in Europe, okay. so we're going to carry it over to... Here in the U.S. Okay. of A. Got it. We're going to say it right. <laughs> but we are joined, I'm very excited today, because we're joined by a fantastic biological anthropologist, uh, Dr. Todd Disatel of New York University. He's also a good friend of mine. Welcome, Dr. Todd. It's a pleasure being here. And mind you, I have no comedic talent. <laughs> <laughs> I beg to differ. We will see about that. Yeah, he's... This is like the Oscars of anthropology here. I'm just sandwiched <laughs> between, you know, two employable people. <laughs> uh, freelance <laughs> life. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, just uh, and to give a little background, and we're going to ask Dr. Todd even more about that. Um, Neanderthals are considered, you know, cave people, and and for the longest time they were sort of assumed to be these sort of like luggy, you know, uh, necklace brutes. And we're finding out more and more about them, uh, and through their DNA and through uh, analysis of their you know teeth of what they ate, and we're getting to know Neanderthals. And so we're going to ask Dr. Todd a lot about their DNA because he's been running NYU's Molecular Anthropology Lab for twenty. 25 years. If it was a kid, it could run for Congress. You should just stop being such an underachiever, Todd. It's really, it's embarrassing for all of us (laughs) right now. That is so impressive. So Dr. Todd, uh, tell us a little bit about what you do as far as looking at the DNA of Neanderthals. Well, I mean, we're able to extract DNA out of fossils, actually technically sub-fossils, and over since 1997, we've been able to not only get the DNA from the mitochondrial genome, which was done initially, but beginning in about the year 2010, we've been able to sequence the entire genome of Neanderthals. So we know a lot about them. not only their relationships, we're beginning to put together their phenotype, what they looked like. Uh, we know the type of genes they had in their immune systems, the type of diseases they may have been exposed to. Um, as you've said, we've recently learned a lot about their diet. Um, and we can see their sort of their demography, how many were there in different periods of time and when they went extinct and perhaps why they went extinct. Great. Can you just give us a time frame of when Neanderthals lived? So Neanderthals are basically thought to have lived from about 400,000 years ago to uh, about 30,000 years ago. I think the most recent skeleton is about 29,000 years ago um, on the Iberian Peninsula. Okay. 
And and what did what in the DNA are you seeing that's most interesting? Of course, we've talked about uh, a lot of people of Eurasian descent have bits and pieces of Neanderthal DNA in their genome. So can we talk a little bit about what that means? Well, for, for the first decade, when we only had the mitochondrial DNA, which you inherit solely from your mother, um, myself and many other people thought that there was absolutely no interbreeding. Um, I even wrote several papers suggesting that. And lo and behold, we were wrong. But that's how science works. Uh, new data came along. We got the whole genomes. And to everybody's surprise, we found a few Neanderthal alleles, bits of DNA, not just in Europe where the Neanderthals lived, but all the way into Asia, even down into Australia, Papua New Guinea. So basically, everybody north of the Sahara has a little bit of Neanderthal in them, 1% or 2% on average. I'm about right in the middle of that Neanderthal ancestry from the genetic testing I've had done on myself. Yeah, I did 23 in me, and I, oh. I had some <laughs> Neanderthal in me, so I guess, you know, we got that in common. Yeah. You guys are cousins. Yeah, yeah pretty distant. much. I was wondering why I liked you so much. It's the genetic similarity. <laughs> but I don't know if I can trust you anymore. You were wrong once in a science paper. It's, that's how you make progress in science. It's admitting you are wrong. You're not wrong. a god? It's admitting what you are wrong. That's the key thing. Believe it or not, science is not static. <laughs> and that's, that's actually a really interesting point with this yeah. whole research with paleoanthropology in particular, because we're looking for all these pieces in a yeah. puzzle that may or not may not be found in our lifetime. Mm. So it's just building on top of mm. you know the, the data collection. And also going back and looking at old data collections, I'm mm. sure you're finding new information out just yeah. from I mean, analyzing. We're, we're putting together a puzzle that we don't know how many pieces are oh, in it, yeah. and every piece connections are broken. Yeah. And so it's a very complex story. But uh, in the last 10 to 20 years, we found many more specimens. We've added DNA to our repertoire, um, and we're really getting a much fuller picture of what these people were like. Well, I want to get back to the DNA or the uh, the Neanderthal and, and anatomically modern human mm -hmm. um, uh, sex life because this mm -hmm. is interesting. We know that they had mixed, meaning they got down with each other. Uh, how often that do you think it happened? That is the scientific term, correct? A, that is scientific. Yeah, biologically speaking. Exactly. Got down. Boning. Physically. Yes. Carnal pleasure. Yes. Okay. <laughs> Just so we're clear. <laughs> yes. Viewers at home, that yeah. is acceptable. Yeah. Yeah, it's the age-old question, right? Uh, like, for humanity, right? Um, did we tap it? Did, did we question. tap? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, clearly, there's evidence that we did, and ironically, when we talk about admixture or hybridization, one of the other terms we use is intromission, which would also be tapping it. Mm, sexy. Yeah. Intromission. <laughs> I actually just wrote a, a, an entry into the Encyclopedia of Primatology about uh, primate intromission oh, and yeah. copulatory postures. That's basically monkey sex positions, but moving on. I kind of wish Neil were here to say intromission in his Neil voice. Intro, intromission. intromission. I'm sorry. We Yeah, forgive us. Um, yeah, can't do it. Was there any interesting maybe benefits to humans mating with, with Neanderthals as far as like, you know, uh, immu immunity, uh, gaining immunity to certain diseases or maybe getting certain diseases because of admixing? So with Neanderthals living in Europe and parts of Asia for several hundred thousand years, they would have adapted to the local environment or climate. So the pathogens that were present and other things, uh, if they didn't adapt to them, they could have been taken out. So when modern humans entered into Eurasia about 60,000 years ago from Africa, we had a sort of African trop 
tropical immune system. Mm -hmm. We get into Eurasia, and those infants that are born are going to be more immune to the local conditions, to the local diseases and pathogens. So they were more likely to survive, and that's one of the things we see, is we see lots of signals in the immune system of Neanderthal introgression. Okay, so we're, they're basically kind of helping us adapt to this new, cold, much colder it's, environment. It's a very quick way to adapt, yeah. rather than having to wait generation after generation Assimilation. to slowly adapt. You can just borrow already adapted genes from this other group living there. But that couldn't have been what motivated us to... Um Tap that. Like, I mean, when you see a Neanderthal, like, or Neanderthal, excuse me. It's okay. okay. I'll, I'll, I'll you, will you let it spare the hand this okay. time. Thank you. This time. We'll get the switch next time. Exactly. Um, uh, when you see a Neanderthal, like, were, what were our early human ancestors thinking? Like, oh, that's kind of exotic and new? Or, you know, like, why would they go for it? Uh, probably. But, you know, as I like to say in my classes, you know, humans just aren't that picky. And ask <laughs> any sheep in New Zealand. <laughs> that's fair. It's Unfortunately. I actually I'm have sorry to a our kid. New from, <laughs> I have a kid from New Zealand in my class this semester, Pardon so that, that didn't oh, okay, go over right. well. Right. Oh no! <laughs> well, we will make sure he doesn't listen. Exactly. Uh, it applies to Scottish too, yeah. so Kiwis so, don't but, take offense. You know, these were. I mean, they clearly looked like us. They yeah. were much more robust than us. They yeah. were stocky, um, sort of thick, if you will, mm -hmm. very heavily muscled, very, very powerful mm -hmm. people. Their bones are several times thicker yeah. than ours. They're so They're yeah. like super you know, cut, if, if, if you like those, you know, gym bunnies, then they would have been perfect. I'd tap that. Yeah. I'm just saying. I think I'm let's see, I, I think two out of three would tap that two or out of three, three out of three. Yeah. Probably. I mean, you would tap Maybe that. not the gingers. Okay. Just so then like like two and a half. <laughs> well, that's first. an interesting point because, yeah, again, one of the things that they've come out with recently is that Neanderthals actually had red hair. And some some awesome. Neanderthals had light-colored skin and red hair, mm -hmm. um, yeah, well. similar to what we see in, say, Northwestern Europe, but it's actually an independent mutation. It's so... The red hair in the Scots is not inherited from the, from the Neanderthals, Neanderthals, but some Neanderthals would have had it. But we also know that other archaic species that lived at the same time as the Neanderthals did actually had fairly dark colored skin, black hair, huh. and brown eyes. So there would have been, you know, 40, 50,000 years ago, like today, a variety of different looking people maybe my mind is in the gutter but i just feel like this sounds like a dating profile and i just want to know i don't want to know more so well uh, maybe maybe that needs to to, to happen i don't know <laughs> yeah. i just i feel like uh, like what are their hopes and dreams like if you had to just put is that in the fossil record uh that one's are harder to discern okay we're actually going to cover that in a little bit we're going to talk oh, okay. a little bit about well, a little bit about the culture and just you know what did they have that's fair. Hopes That's fair. and dreams and artistic endeavors. I, I want to move on just now because we want to talk about the, the diet because there was some really interesting research done uh, looking at basically the plaque on Neanderthal teeth. So basically, them not brushing their teeth is, is helping us understanding what they ate. That's why I don't. Don't you brush know. your teeth, kids. Guys, anthropology reasons. Don't yeah. brush your teeth. Don't floss. <laughs> I'm telling you. So just in the last uh, two or three weeks, uh, a group of researchers was able to actually look at the dental calculus, the gunk mm -hmm. in the teeth of some fossils around 40,000 years from um, Belgium and from Spain. And they found a big difference. So when you have the gunk in your mouth, 
I can actually tell everything you've eaten in the last several days because oh, no. little oh, bits of material <laughs> have DNA in them. Okay. And this well-preserved samples of dental calculus have not only the bacteria that were in their mouths, but actually tiny remnants of the food they ate. The Belgian Neanderthals actually had woolly rhinoceros and other wow. animals from that time period, as well as a lot of plants, um, in their mouths. The Spanish Neanderthals, though, had no meat. They had mushrooms and moss and uh, other types of fruits and nuts and things, but no evidence of any meat. So that was, it's not clear. Was that a cultural difference? Mm -hmm. Was it their local environment was more depauperate? Mm -hmm. But uh, I would just, I can imagine, you know, these big, heavy guys going after yeah. woolly rhinos right. with stabbing spears. So yeah. Neanderthals didn't have arrows. They didn't have throwing spears. They yeah. only had stabbing spears. And yet they were munching down on woolly rhinos. I we're getting close and personal. Sorry. Yeah. No, I just, I bet the vegetarians were super sanctimonious about it. They're very evangelical. <laughs> yeah. I mean, so, you know, us carnivores have been hearing that crap for, you know, yeah. 40,000 years yeah. at least. I take umbrage with that, Todd. <laughs> <laughs> I never bring that up except for now. <laughs> no, it, but it's it's interesting. Like the idea yeah. that we're op like opportunity, you know, when it presents itself, hey, there's a woolly rhino. I'm I'm going to risk my life yeah. by getting close enough to this woolly rhino, stab it, and yeah. and you know, eat. But then you also have a nice heavy duty woolly rhino coat to wear. Sweet, yeah. that's it's, some swag. It's like the two questions of human anthropology is: would they tap it, and would they eat it? Yeah, <laughs> it so is maybe the, And the third thing that. From this same study, it's a little bit more speculative, but we have living in our mouths thousands of different kinds of bacteria. And they got these bacteria out of the two different Neanderthal populations. And they actually found a strain of bacteria that's found in anatomically modern humans. Mm. And so the speculation wow. is that rather than this being Neanderthal bacteria going all the way back half a million years ago, that sometime in the last 60, 70, whatever thousand years ago, Neanderthals and modern humans would have, one, either been sharing the same food, mm -hmm. so they would have gotten infected, or they were swapping spit. I like that idea. That's great. That's fantastic. It was it was romantic. Spin, yeah, spin the yeah. gourd. I really like that. Yeah. yeah what a so rather than good. just tapping it, they at least made out for a little while beforehand. <laughs> Paleolithic foreplay. Oh you know, my goodness. Neanderthals, sentimental fools is right? really what we're learning from this. Doesn't sound like a bad life though. They were they were getting some. They yeah. were eating some. Yeah. They, were, they had a pretty great. And they died at shot. thirty. So, yeah. Right. So. <laughs> I don't know. A few of them. A few of them made it into their fifties. Okay. <laughs> great. All right. So just when they start to you know Nose go over the hill, then. Yeah, yeah, that's all thanks. Okay. Well, this has been incredibly uh, insightful, Dr. Todd. Um, thank you so much for being here. Yeah, thank you for coming. It was yeah, a great pleasure. We've enjoyed this. Yeah, I'm going to look for some Neanderthals on uh, on uh, OK Cupid. I know, really. I feel like I found some already. Right. Oh God. Mm -hmm. Well, we got to wrap up this part of the show. Uh, but when we come back, we're going to have more on Neanderthal culture, and uh, it should be fun. Stay tuned. 
Hey, welcome back to Star Talk All Stars. I'm your host, Natalia Reagan, primatologist, and I am here with my hilarious co host, Sarah Siskin. Nice to be back. Yes. And now <laughs> that we talked break. about. Oh, yeah. It was, it was, good break. It was long. It was yeah. long. We missed you guys. We Thanks missed for coming you back. so much. And now that we kind of covered Neanderthal DNA and their diet, we want to talk about their behavior and did they have culture. And with us now is Dr. Will Harcourt Smith of the American Museum of Natural History and CUNY, and we are so happy to have you here. Happy to be here. Thanks for having me. So we want to talk about, you know, did Neanderthals have culture? Were they these brutish, you know, necklace fiends that were just, you know, <laughs> lumbering beasts? No, they weren't. They, they obviously weren't these brutish, brutish fiends at all. And and we're beginning to see now sort of glimpses of, of more complex behaviors with Neanderthals. It's nothing compared to what we see with modern humans. And I really think it's important to to make that point. But we are we are narrowing the gap. And Todd just talked about you know that the you know that the genetic similarities to to, to, to Neanderthals compared to modern humans, and you know the fact that there was a little bit of I'm going to be English here, a little Neanderthal hanky panky going on. <laughs> you know, but, oh yeah, but, oh, I like yeah, right. that. I like that euphemism. Yeah. We were using uh, tap that, but his is like so much that's, nicer. That's, it's highbrow, hanky panky. I feel like ashamed now. <laughs> <I know>. All <laughs> right, but you know that we we are seeing evidence of of. Um, uh, of cultural behavior. We've known they buried their dead for a while, for instance. Uh, and that's, that's, that's something that's, you know, there's a, there's a reason behind that that may not just be functional. You know, you, mm-hmm. I mean, you might want to get rid of a dead body just because it's smelly, you know, and <laughs> yeah. it's like bringing in, bringing in, uh, you know, predators and the like. But there could be other reasons for it with them. And, and we're beginning to see other evidences, other pieces of evidence that, that uh, are quite, in, quite intriguing, you know, body adornment, jewelry. Uh, possibly, this is more, we can talk about this in a moment, more contentious, uh, cave paintings. Possibly. Yeah. Those cave paintings, though, look very uninspired. I'm not right? a fan. They're um. unoriginal. <laughs> I feel like they're derivative. Um, <laughs> I feel like they the lighting is not, you know. It's just, it, yeah. It, they're so lost, yeah. Right, yeah, exactly. So Actually, your voice is perfect. You sound like general. a you know, reviewer of paintings. <laughs> exactly. Very big fan. Well, it reminds me of History of the World Part 1, the world's first art critic. I don't know if you remember, oh, yes, remember that. Yeah, that's that's basically, uh, is that what you would do to that Neanderthal art painting? I, I believe, yeah. It would be not a full stream, um, probably a half a, a stream. Cause I'm not tinkle. that, you know, dismissive. I understand okay. they, they showed up, you know, and yeah. I value that. No, showing up is... is, is, is half the battle. Exactly. Right? Right. <laughs> <laughs> Where do we go from here? <laughs> but just, just to, to clarify, the actual cave paintings we are talking about, um, El Castillo Cave, um, right. they are essentially, it's red ochre, yes. which we know that they use for at least 250,000 years uh, before that this, you know, that's the... The record has shown that that they either used it, you know, on, on their bodies or in, you know, grave goods and whatnot. But they have this handprint, and it almost looks like, and I joke that it looks like, you know, almost ancient hand turkeys. But they look like, you know, people <laughs> just kind that. of putting their, hand, you know, tracing their hand. Um, but there is some controversy or whether or not that was uh, an anatomically modern human that did those paintings or mm-hmm. a Neanderthal. It's- Thoughts. Yeah, it, I mean, that's that's the bottom line. We don't know who made these, and the thing that has sort of made people argue that Neanderthals may have made these is the date. They're 40,000 years old, so they're really old. And we, it's right on the cusp of when modern humans arrive in Europe. Up to that point, we see only Neanderthals in Europe for a couple of hundred thousand years. And 
it's hard to tell from a handprint whether it was a Neanderthal <laughs> yeah, or not. You know, right. you really, you really need the bones and you know the skulls, and perhaps you could extract some DNA, and you, you could probably go out there and try and reconstruct Neanderthal hands, and but they're not that different from modern. It's a real hands. jerk move, really, to yeah. just leave right? the hand and nothing yeah. else. They're probably like, we're gonna, you know, start so many PhD yeah. dissertations exactly. with I, yeah. this. I could just see them thinking, this is, this is my signature, <laughs> but then not, right. no, sign it, fool. Don't that handprint's not enough. That's not a real. No, they were obviously signature. there to. Taunt us and in taunting us, they are indeed doing because you know we we just we just don't know. So it's a rather indirect bit of evidence, I think. Yes, passive aggressive is what it right. is. It is pretty bullshit. Calling this? them out on it, they're like, "How can we really screw?" You yeah. know what? These, other these new, these new guys coming in, like how? <laughs> exactly. let, I know what we can do. I got an idea. Let's like screw them over for a millennia. I the other thing is like I, I feel like we could we could blame them for all this unexplained phenomenon throughout history, like Stonehenge. <laughs> like we could just all it's yeah, always like maybe tall. yeah Nazca exactly. lines pyramids obviously made by Neanderthals. Yeah, there you go. Machu Picchu. Please. <laughs> yeah, I was about to say, we just launched a thousand <laughs> conspiracy theories. We're rolling it back. We're rolling it back. Lost city of Atlantis, guys. <laughs> well, obviously, that was Neanderthals. Um, but th- th- look, there are other bits. There are other bits and pieces that are interesting. There's a cave down in Gibraltar that mm-hmm. has uh, these repeated inscriptions. You know, sort of lines uh, uh, crossing over each other, almost like somebody doodling. And they'd be done again, again, and again. And they're, they're at layers in the cave where where we have Neanderthals and. Is that art? I don't know. I mean, define art. Oh, I mean, here yeah, we right, go. Yeah, exactly. Very, very, very meta on <laughs> exactly. You, Freshman year undergraduate one on one. Right. Exactly. What is art? What Mind art? blown. <laughs> yeah. Um, but it's it's definitely it's it's a it's it's re, it's a sort of repeated behavior. It might you could interpret it as symbolic, um, but but who knows what it was for? Um, again, these things mm. are really hard to interpret. Uh, but it's probably. Made by a Neanderthal. I mean, until we find a Neanderthal, you know, dead with a paintbrush in its hand, it's going right. to be, be kind of hard to absolutely know. So Neanderthals, if you will, are the Banksy of anthropology. We're <laughs> never going to find them. <laughs> exactly. Never gonna uh, shucks. Uh, and, and talk about the jewelry, because I, I know that there is a... Um, a necklace, it's made from eight eagle talons mm. that... Um, I know that it was actually... Uh, collected a long time ago and was in a, a collection but hadn't been really um, studied until recently because they, they did, weren't really looking at smaller game animals and they saw just sort of uh, sort of uh, uh, marks on these talons that made it look like they actually were part of a necklace. So now that they're saying it's 130,000 year old Neanderthal jewelry. Absolutely. And, if it, and look, if it is jewelry and you know, certainly to a lot of people it's, it's convincing evidence that it is, that date, there's no modern humans in Europe at that date. And hmm. The only hominids that we know of in that in that time period are Neanderthals. So you, it's pretty it's pretty okay to assume that Neanderthals uh, would have would have made that, and that that's extraordinary. That's one that's one of the would be one of the oldest pieces of evidence for symbolic behavior. We, you know, the, the other teams have suggested that Neanderthals were putting sort of feathers in their hair and they were, you know, h- hunting large birds and taking their feather. We, we don't really know if they were doing that. But they're, they're, as I said, there are these, all these tempting little lines of evidence uh, sort of appearing on the scene that, that, that uh, are, are sort of breaking down the, the sort of caveman stereotype of Neanderthals. But I do really want to stress that we never see with, with modern humans at modern human sites. We see spectacular art. I mean, we see really, really uh, phenomenal um, uh, artistic expression quite early on, and, and we. I would like to see more of that with with Neanderthal sites, mm-hmm. where we know it's Neanderthals making it before sort of making the leap of of of, of, of saying that Neanderthals were as as sophisticated as modern humans in terms of artistic expression. 
I love how your question is pretty much like, who are you wearing? But like <laughs> yeah. to, to Neanderthals. Yeah. It's, but it's true. I mean, yeah. it's, it's amazing to think about these people from that old a time to be like having jewelry. Yeah. No, and, and I think that's a very great point that you bring up until we actually know it's, we, we have to proceed with caution. We do. Because you don't want to, you know, overstate or overassume. It's nice that we are coming into an age where we're giving Neanderthals a little bit more credit as we're getting more information. So it's not we're just giving them more credit, but as we find right. more sites that are older and older. And, and again, I think as dating techniques get better and better and, and we find and with, you know, the ability to sequence ancient DNA, right. I think it's only going to get better. Um, to understand what, you know, which sites are associated with. Right, right, exactly. Although, you know, let's be honest, there's no gene for art. You know, no, so unfortunately, no. <laughs> but, but exactly. if, Clearly. You know, if there was, I certainly don't have it. Um, ah. but, 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 you know, uh, this caveman stereotype is really ancient. It goes way back to the ancient Greeks yeah. and Romans, you know, and, and, and then, you know, sort of arguing that if there was another and it lived before us, it probably didn't have language and it lived in caves and all these sort of things. So it's, 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 a, it's a very deep-rooted stereotype um, in the academic world and in the in, 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 in the you know in the, in the popular press as well, and, and they're not here to defend themselves. And they're not here to defend themselves. I mean, yeah, you, you, know, you can call yourself some, you call somebody a Neanderthal. You say you're stupid. You're such a Neanderthal. That guy was such a Neanderthal on that date yesterday. You know, we, yeah. kind of, we all kind of know what it means. Right. You know, yeah. it's the only the brute. it's the only sort of. Uh, uh, name for hominins that's that sort of made it over into pop culture. You wouldn't call somebody a st- stupid Australopithecine. <laughs> no. You, know, would be like, oh, you could. You could. Nobody I mean, would you know could. what you're talking and it would about. Be a, it would be a mortal insult. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> but, but, you know, no one would know what it means. Uh, I wanted to actually talk to you. We talked about burying their dead. Now, were there mm. any grave goods that, you know, not much. Not much. Not no. much. Um, in the sixties, you know, it was argued that that Neanderthals might have sort of buried their dead with flowers, and you mm-hmm. know, it was very convenient. You know, this theory, this this um, suggestion came out at the same time as a hide a flower pile and all that sort mm-hmm. of thing. Not people, to say you know, pushed by the flower lobby. That's yeah, right, exactly. Right? That flower lobby. You know. <laughs> More uh, conspiracy um, theories <laughs> for you guys. <laughs> it turns out it was rodents lining their nests. <laughs> yeah, that's right. You know, it was rodents lining their nests with with flowers after oh. the after the after the date, as it were, and so they probably and you know, they weren't. Um, not a lot in the way of grave goods, and again, you you find modern humans uh, buried with, incre- with with really quite magnificent grave goods quite early on. You know, you find you find you know thousands of shell beads and pierced teeth and you know, beautiful stone blades and all. We went all out. Teeth? Yeah, pierced. There's oh, like a necklace, like a necklace made of teeth of other animals. Oh my um, goodness! No, wow. not, not not Neanderthals. Or yeah, I was about to say that's some jewelry. That's <laughs> yeah, intense know, right? jewelry right there. Who needs diamonds when you've got pierced teeth, <laughs> yes. guys? God, they went hard. Yeah, no, with their no. jewelry. Oh my gosh! No, no. Um, so yeah. it's, uh, you you don't see a lot in the way of grey goods with Neanderthal, and you don't see a lot of Neanderthals buried. You do see some Neanderthals buried at mm-hmm. different sites, but mm-hmm. in other places they're just found. You know, randomly scattered. Well, maybe those guys were jerks. Well, exactly. They just didn't care about <laughs> they them. Were, yeah. They didn't love them. They, yeah, they weren't loved them. enough. Yeah. So. Yeah, leave him out. He was a jerk. <laughs> well, well then, wanted, <laughs> Yeah, right. I wanted to talk a little bit about the tool industry. Because um, so they had, obviously, Mousterian tools. Right. Um, and it was, in your opinion, were they anything to write home about? Um, look, I, I, I couldn't make a Mousterian tool. I mean, the, the right? skill sets that, 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 are, that go yeah. into making these tools are... are, are at a high level, I mean, they're they're really beautifully made, and your Mysterian tools are interesting. Then I I, I I hasten to add, I am not an expert on Mysterian mm-hmm. tools, but Mysterian tools um, are, are quite varied. There's a number of different types of tools that they're making, most likely for different uh, different purposes, and 
uh, they, it's a very successful industry. It lasts for a long time. It, 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 you know, the Neanderthals are making these tools for an extremely long time. They're very successful species. They're living for a couple of hundred thousand years. Uh, that's longer than we've been around. Yeah. You know, um, yeah. And, uh, and we're not doing so well we're right not, now. Exactly. We're not. You know, it's it, better days. It may <laughs> yeah. still remain the record. <laughs> yeah. We'll see. <laughs> yeah. You know, um, but but it it that it, it speaks to uh, a cognitive, you know, a, a level of of uh, problem solving and and a, and a cognitive level that's uh, uh, way superior to to earlier species of hominin. The question is, does it does it match up to modern humans? And with modern humans, you start to see. Uh, a new level of tool, you know, you start to see spear throwers, you know, these things they called adlatals, you know, which give you extra momentum and accuracy with spears. You see tiny, tiny little uh, stone tools called microliths, which are very, very sophisticated and hard to make. And you see uh, bow and arrow technologies and, and the like. And and this speaks to, to another level of, of uh, understanding of material culture and technology and relating your technology to the, to the tasks that you're trying to perform. Uh, so I would I would argue that Neanderthals, whilst very sophisticated with their stone tool mm-hmm. culture, don't quite match up to modern humans. Quickly, just any sort of maybe a hypothesis of why you think Neanderthals are no longer uh, oh. amongst us. I know oh, that's a killer oh, question. I know that's the worst. That's question you always dread because it's so hard. I, look, um, they die out, and there it is. And you can you can spin a lot of yarns about why that happened. I I suspect that they would outcompeted. And I, 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 I suspect that the sort of combination of modern humans arriving in Europe in combination with um, the, the beginnings of, of the last major ice age, probably mm-hmm. the combination of the two, okay. was just enough to drive them into extinction. Uh, beyond that, we, we don't know. We know that Neanderthal interbreeding with humans happened. Yes, you mm-hmm. know, we um, do. <laughs> but at the same time, you know, the very the very last Neanderthals that, that we see in the record have very extreme Neanderthal features. They're very different to modern humans. They're very distinct. And and suddenly they're just gone. So that's, yeah, yeah, that's very interesting. At, I mean, the, at the risk of sounding like a like a soap opera, it seems like, you know, we started screwing around with Neanderthals and then they disappeared. Yeah, right, exactly. I think so, there's a you know, there there's is, this, is, this, this is fishy. You know, I don't want to get too, you know, <laughs> yeah. one could get very serious for a moment. You know, hmm. I mean, it's very possible that modern humans uh, were involved in a more direct way but until huh. we, until we find you know, you know a Neanderthal yeah. leg bone with a modern human arrow blade in right. it you know we, we have to be very careful about that because you know people, it's very seductive to go to the the, the, the dark yeah. side yeah world war and you know, yeah. Yeah. exactly yeah. with a red hand yeah. Yeah. exactly right. Right. nature red in tooth and four but we, we don't and I suspect they were probably just out, out competed out competed yeah. Yeah. and dwindled away it's sad to think about really yeah uh, yeah no it's, it is but it's kind of an eat or be eaten world. That right. Didn't they mm. weren't the like last the last recorded Neanderthals like on the tip of Spain, like almost as if they were like pushed. pushed. There are some of the very last ones are found in, in the more remote areas of Spain yeah. and southern France and, and to be that, that image of just like being alone, you know. alone. My heart is breaking. It was like you could make a very dark indie movie about yeah. it, you know. The last Neanderthal. The last Neanderthal. Yeah, and he's on the chip. I always wanted to do a World War N and I think they might be doing it where there's a World War N Exactly. That would be amazing. Mm. Thank you so much, Dr. Wilhart Kurt Smith, for being here. Thanks for having me. And next up, we're going to have Cosmic Queries. So, Sarah, I want to hear the queries. Oh, they're good. Okay, they're good. querulous. Oh, they're qu- ooh, querulous. <laughs> they're vi- highly, highly querulous. Perilous querulous. Hey, and welcome back to Star Talk All Stars. I'm your host, Natalia Reagan, and I'm here with my hilarious co-host, Sarah Siskin. 
Thanks for having me back. Um, between the commercial breaks, some really awful stuff went down. I'm glad you guys weren't here to listen to that. Yeah, it was pretty fantastic. Yeah, I, yeah, wish, uh, I wish you were, actually. <laughs> um, and to, now it's time for the Cosmic Query. So, Sarah, what do you got for me? I got a lot. Um, I got to say, uh, fans of Star Talk, I was not impressed on the whole with your spelling ability. Uh, I think we need to Go work easy on, that. on them. Maybe okay. they were drunk. Okay, yeah, that's true. A lot of them were from the wee hours of the early morn. Um, <laughs> Good time to watch YouTube. Yes, <laughs> there you go. Uh, so let's see. First one, and I'm going to do my best with all the name pronunciations on these. Okay, oh, yeah. I I know it's hard to believe, but I am fallible. You know, so Whoa. I, I know you make mistakes. You heard it here first. Get out of yeah. town. Exactly. All right. Mm-hmm. So the first one comes from Abhinandan NM from Facebook Live, and his question or her question is: How come humans are so weak when compared to other closely related species? It's a great question. Um, well, first. First of all, I, I would think, I'm, and I'm assuming, and I don't want to assume too much, you're probably thinking of chimpanzees or, or bonobos or gorillas, apes, because uh, we're part of the great ape family. Uh, a lot of people don't know that. We're, humans are apes, first and foremost. We're great apes, though some of us yeah. are greater than others. Loud and proud. Yeah, loud and proud. And um, actually, w- w- what's different in our morphology versus uh, other great apes is we are bottom heavy as far as like we have long limbs, our legs, I mean, our long hind limbs. Our legs are uh, the strong part of our body where our arms have sort of gotten weaker over time because of lack of use. A lot of the primates, uh, other great apes, are uh, spend a lot of their time in trees. They're arboreal versus uh, humans, which we are mostly terrestrial. We are on the ground. And so we have evolved to have these really strong hind limbs so we can walk upright. And uh, so not only do the do gorillas, chimps, and, and orangutans, and, and gibbons, which are the lesser apes, um, their size, not because they're any less than, than the other apes. Yeah, don't want to offend our gibbon no, listeners no, no, out gibbon, there. Yeah, gibbons, stay with me, guys. Stay yeah. with me, okay? They're a powerful lobby. You guys too. are fantastic, especially yeah. the Javan gibbons. I love you. We get a lot of money from the gibbons. Um, yeah. <laughs> Um, but they actually use their arms quite a bit. And there's actually been some studies because I'm um, looking at, at, at chimps and, and the, their muscle fibers are actually packed more densely and, and, and tighter. Oh. So I, I know I did, I did do a, a show a few years ago and talk about, you know, chimp strength and how uh, they actually don't. They they're, they're, they don't even know their own strength because when they actually do something like when they touch something it, it, it's far you know oh. it has far greater impact than if we touch something. Um, oh, they're like Lenny from Of Mice and yeah, Men. Yeah, they don't mean to hurt. Yeah, it's, oh, it's so it's, sad. Uh, exactly. <laughs> like you know, sometimes I don't know my own strength and I touch somebody. I'm like, oh, I didn't mean to just yeah. Hit you. And so, I've been meaning to talk to you about that. So their actual you know the, the muscle morphology, but also just the way they are built um, affects yeah. their strength. Yeah, so, they, we don't skip leg day. Yeah, do not arm wrestle a chimp. Oh, and You're just uh, lose your arm. advice to listeners: Google uh, shaved gorilla. They are cut. It is like if you oh, ever, oh yeah yeah, it, yeah. Oh, well yeah oh that sounds like I'm like like I know it's like that sounds- <laughs> no if you if you I, was, I kid you not you Google it it's fascinating I'm trying to like roll this back now yeah but if you it's fascinating because you don't see their muscle definition under no. the fur sometimes and then when they're shaved for whatever zoo reason or just I don't well they know. lose their I mean like chimps I, I I've seen chimps uh, there's a chimp at the L A zoo uh, which I frequent quite a bit and that has lost most of its. Uh, fur and boy is yeah. he ripped yeah They're he's ripped shredded oh my god yeah. it's crazy Master shredder. what's like the p90x they make p90x look just like nothing mm-hmm. they're like p9000x 
Yeah. I don't know the <laughs> scale of whatever Pan. that program is. Pan 9, yeah, P90X. Pan is their uh, their genus. Angie Suave from Facebook Live. Rico Suave. I know. What a great yeah, name. Great There's name. an accent in there. I love that. Um, I've got name envy. <laughs> uh, w- here's her question. What do you think of the aquatic ape theory? Oh, boy. Can you explain yeah. what it is and why it is or isn't valid? Now, I can only assume that the aquatic ape theory is that apes are made out of water. Clearly. Yeah. And and Neanderthals built the lost city of Atlantis, yes. which we already discovered. Yes. Uh, actually, the aquatic ape theory is a, a theory of why uh, humans became uh, bipedal over time and also lost our, uh, apes lost their hair. So the idea is oh. that apes were wading in water. There's a few ideas. So the apes were wading in water and they had to stand upright. And therefore that over time meant they were walking on two legs. And because they were in water, like dolphins lose yeah. their, you know, their dolphins are mammals and don't have a lot of hair they you know like you almost get this like dolphin like skin like what we have right now this you know sort of hairless uh skin and on top of that there was another idea that even breasts female human female boobs are different yeah, than non, non-human primate boobs and the fact that we actually have fat surrounding our mammary gland whereas non-human primates they get milk they they you know they lactate but they they don't um uh, they don't have fats running their their mammary glands at all times, huh. and so the fat acted as like water wings, so the baby could grab a hold of it, like these buoyant little. This I know. is the most creative theory that's I, made up ex- by a middle exactly. school boy it's, I've ever. Right? No, no, no. It, it, and and that, <laughs> I mean, I, not I, I don't want to make work? fun of it, but it generally is not um, well respected as far as uh, I just love being an actual concept, valid though. theory of of how we became bipedal or mm-hmm. lost our our hair because they're finding out that you know um, a lot not a lot of primates go into. The, I mean, you'll see some uh, apes actually wading in water there's uh, photos if you google orangutan in water you, you'll see or gorilla in water you've seen you can see pictures of gorillas and orangutans um, actually in water and standing upright because you have to if you're on all fours you're going to drown yeah but it's, it's not something that they do naturally a lot of times because they're predators in the water yeah um, i'm looking for tips because I'm, I'm tired of shaving my legs and so oh, if this works out yeah I exactly just, just stand stay in, in the, the water <laughs> i oh my god all the late i've had all the laser hair removal right. oh on my legs not, and it still doesn't work it probably is Economical, right? Like, right? you know, saves time. And hot tub and just sit in the hot tub. This became a lifestyle podcast. <laughs> um, you know, uh, beauty tips from primates to us. Uh, so I hope that helped. But yeah, it's not necessarily the the most well received theory at this point. Okay. Well, I, I like. I mean, I like it as just a fictional concept, if nothing else. It sounds cool. Kind of. Yeah. Honestly. I gotta say. Um, okay. So that is the answer to your question, Angie Suave. I just wanted mm. to say it again. Uh, all right. So the next one comes from Antonio Rodriguez on Facebook Live. I like that too. Um, so his question is: Just how well can apes communicate between themselves? Are they able to transmit elaborate or abstract thoughts? That's a really great question. Um, well, we know that they can communicate with one another because they are able to live in cooperative groups. Uh, in terms of how um, complicated this sort of communication is, or or, or speech, you know, because there's been a lot of studies in, in recent years trying to understand, you know, uh, communication and and if it is similar to human speech. Um, there's obviously, like, for instance, in chimpanzees, you, you'll see different, um, and, and with gorillas, those are, the I think, the biggest examples that you're going to see a lot of um, uh, videos on. You can see the different sort of uh, vocalizations they make and what they mean to other uh, members of their group. Mm-hmm. Um, 
you know, like a pant hoot or, you know, uh, you see gorillas that, you know, when they do the right. um, the chest beating, they'll make this kind of like funky little pocket sound. Okay, and so they're not exactly deconstructing Miltonian sonnets. Exactly. No, but, but you know, there are one of my favorite examples actually of communication um, mm-hmm. is actually between multiple species of primates. There's a group of uh, monkeys called Gwenins that live in Africa and they actually live um, in different can- levels of uh, canopy in the trees. So like, you know, maybe one per- Victor Gwenin lives here, species mm-hmm. of Gwenin, one that lives down here. Here and one lives closer to the bottom, uh, closer to the ground. And when they see particular predators, they'll have different alarm calls for different predators. And oh, all those so pre- cool. uh, all those different guanins know what each localization means, and therefore they will either, if it's you know something that's coming from the ground, like say uh, a big cat, they'll go up. If mm-hmm. it's something like a, a raptor, a bird, mm-hmm. they'll go down. So it's a way of communicating, you know, not just within their own species, but between what other type species. Of species. Yeah, but, but between species, but also what type of species yeah. could be hurting them. Yeah. So I mean. As far as, you know, uh, uh, intense communication language, we don't quite yeah. know. We, no heart to heart. Uh, I mean, but then, but then, well, I mean, yeah, I mean, it's not, it's, I guess that's a different way of language, but I mean, like things like grooming and, mm-hmm. and you know, oh, I mean, and, and there's tactile ways of communication. I remember that. But it's the, not the same as what we do. There is the the study of like the monkeys exposed to unfairness when like other monkeys yes. were paid more than they were. Oh, it's the greatest Grapes video. versus cucumbers. Oh gosh, I've, I've been recommending a lot of like videos. Watch but it. It is fantastic. You see this monkey, see that another monkey got paid with grapes instead of cucumbers for the same task. And he just like throws his cucumber at the experimenter. Loses and just, his shit. Like it's the equivalent of just like flipping the table. It's just this like rage quit and the monkeys show such a human um like i just i related so hard i've been there man i've been there oh man but it's not fair i did the same task i know oh my goodness (laughs) no but that's true i you know they there's things of altruism and and jealousy and and, and understanding fairness do exist in in non-human primates but we are learning things you know, over over time with more and more studies, you know, I mean, unfortunately, science doesn't happen overnight. Yeah. Uh, all right. So the next question is from Chatter Verdula, Chandra Kath on uh, Facebook Live. And uh, her question is, do primates commit crimes? Well, what is a crime? I that. What See, is a crime? See, I, oh, Crimes wow. of passion? My- <laughs> Are we talking about robbing banks? I have not seen a monkey rob a bank Yet. Yet. But the day is young. You know what? Science takes a long time, as a wise woman once said. Right? Oh, hey. hey. Oh. <laughs> uh, no, but I think I, I yeah. love this question because, um, you know, crimes are like, there's obviously the law, but there's also this like social definition of a yeah. crime. You know, like there's uh, incest, for example, which, well, like, is that a crime? Like, do monkeys ostracize other monkeys? There's not. I mean, I, I mean, there's there are natural ways of preventing they they found preventing incest mm-hmm. um, but as far as like the, I don't know of any particular anecdotal stories about incest but I do know things about like m- murder or oh, killing yeah? members of your own group yeah uh-huh. and, um, or, and and on top of that also like uh, in those monogamous primates that are when I say monogamous, I use very large air quotes, like gibbons are supposed to be monogamous, but they also uh, sneak extra pair copulations, which is a little side nookie. They have 
side bitches um, yeah. when the other one's not hashtag looking. Hashtag side bitches. Hashtag side bitches when the other one's not looking. But um, do they get busted or caught? Um, generally, they're pretty good at not getting caught. Oh. Um, but as far as when primates, like, say, do something big, like kill another primate, yeah. um, sometimes there is retaliation, uh, depending on which group huh. it, you know, if, it, if it's a group where there is, you know, um, it, it's a an in-group fighting mm-hmm. um, and like say for instance a dominant male gets you know taken over and, and either is killed or if it's from another group there might be retaliatory action against one group because chimps actually do uh, perimeters uh, they'll kind of circle a perimeter and, and may attack those that are out you know mm-hmm. that are walking by themselves or attack another group so it's like vigilante justice like- yeah and it's not there's no like uh uh, equation I and mean, there's no yeah. there's no actually percentage of like what for every murder like, there's you know like we don't have like stats like we have like you know yeah. every summer in Chicago every summer in you know monkey Los crime. Angeles there's there's X amount of crime oh my god monkey and, crime greatest TV show ever no I think monkey crime would be a great you know like a little guy and a yeah oh it's fantastic I could just he takes off his sunglasses Andy Circus he's like all the out of the game and then he gets back into the force uh, <laughs> exactly and he's with a loose cannon partner they're both loose cannons so many cannons Ah! Uh, (laughs) monkeys with guns that just oh god okay okay so natalia this question comes from don bruns on facebook live it's real short and it's my favorite question it's just why bonobos so nasty why not uh well bonobos really quickly uh bonobos what he's talking about uh are a type of of a great ape they are basically equidistant as our closest genetic relatives and and they love to get down that's actually how they a lot of times diffuse once again tension. professional science getting term. down they like to bone um and when i say bone they females females males males no you know it's a whole place. hodgepodge it's a promiscuous horde they get um it's and some say it's because um well i mean that, that's just their way of diffusing tension whereas chimpanzees My way. are a Hell. little bit more aggressive. <laughs> We're not 100% sure why that is. You know, they're not really giving us the answers, but they think a lot of it ha- might have to do with the fact that it's their female dominant um, groups. And so maybe, I don't know, when ladies are in charge, maybe guys, give it a shot. Ladies in charge <laughs> might get more action. Just a thought. Just a thought. We'll try it out. Yeah. So, um, well, thank you so much. That was a great question. I know, right? Well, Go we'll, on to end on. We're going to have to get more I'm all motivated stuff. now. I'm exactly. amped up. Run for president. Yeah. Run for president. 2020. More boning. <laughs> oh, geez, Louise. Lessons um, Bye. Yeah. Gee willikers. <laughs> okay, guys. Thank you so much for tuning in to Star Talk All-Stars. I'm your host, Natalia Reagan, wacky primatologist, and my hilarious co-host, Sarah Siskind. Oh, you're too sweet. Thank you so much. This thank was a you. fun. This was great. Yeah. Well, keep uh, tuning in, and in the meantime, stay curious. This is Star Talk. Star Talk.